Yes, people, welcome back to Process, a podcast by me, Brendan Pearson. So in today's episode, we are joined by another guest. So one of my old teammates from Newcastle, Alex Kitchen. So Alex has now made the transition from professional football into the PT world. He's been doing it for about four or five years now. And he is now working at Sculpt HQ in Newcastle PT and there doing some group work as well. So into this podcast, we talk a little bit about his transition out of professional football and also a little bit about why he was banned from the gym at Newcastle United for a short period of time. Uh, yeah, and his transition out of the game into the personal training world. A little bit about advice for young athletes in terms of their training, what they should focus on, what they shouldn't on. A bit about plant-based diet, what's the best way to go about it, and also about is it really 100% needed. And also finishing off how his training has kind of changed over the years, obviously going from football now into PT, doing a bit of CrossFit and doing a little bit of different things, which he maybe didn't do in the past. But anyway, it's a great episode, very knowledgeable guy, and it's great to have him on the podcast. So let's get on with the episode. This is Process. Right, welcome back to Process the Podcast. Today we're joined by one of my old teammates at Newcastle from really ages ago, uh, PT, uh, working at Sculpt in Newcastle and then doing doing a bit of online coaching as well, Alex Kitchen. So welcome to the podcast, Alex. Nice one, mate. Cheers. Mm-hmm. Right, so I want to start off with a serious question. So who would win in a 20-calorie <laughs> assault bike race sprint between you, Adam, Danny and your brother, Ben. <laughs> and you've also got to say who would come last. Stitch you, probably stitch your brother up. Um, I think probably, I think well, Adam's got, Adam is probably a little bit heavier than me and he's fit as well, but I think I, I think I would beat him, you know, I would die trying. I yeah. think it'd be, no, it'd, be, it'd be fucking re- really close, I think, really close. Do you yeah. mean Adam and I think? Ben and Danny, I'm not sure, because Ben was dying that other time, wasn't he? Yeah, they, they both trained legs the day before, though, so I think that probably caught up on them a little bit. But that was... Yeah, if you haven't seen one of my old YouTube videos, you pretty much tear the bike up, and then uh, Kitchens, well, Ben and Danny were just... They were dead. Danny's done all right, to be fair. I think, I think it'll be pretty close. Me, Adam, and then... I'm not too sure. Maybe he's <laughs> Danny. Danny, and then Ben. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, Danny. Sorry, Ben, mate. Anyway, so just talking, obviously, I know you from football from years back. That's kind of how we first met. And you were always, like, built physically quite good. So I, I always kind of thought you would end up going down this path that you've went. But talking about your football career, how old were you when you first started at Newcastle? When did you sign there? Um, I think it was I was nine. Pretty sure nine. I was nine. And then yeah. how long were you there for? Um, I... I think I got the released us and like I was eighteen, but um like the kind of released us like I think it was this time of a year when mm-hmm. the a few weeks after the season or the season was just about to finish. And then I had to wait till the following year to go anywhere else, like the the next season. So yeah. it was a little bit. So were you trials and places and stuff at the end of that season yeah, straight, or straight after um after that, I think I went down to Bristol City. Um, I went to St. Mirren, kind of didn't really work out. But I was like, I remember I was obviously quite determined just to get some sorted. So I remember I drove straight from Bristol. I went to Scotland, then Bristol, then I went back to Scotland. And then when I got back to Scotland, I signed, I trained with the first team at, like I was, uh, at, where was it, St. Johnson. And then I pretty much got the signed officers two years there. Um, ended up obviously playing there for two years. Was in and out the first. I, I wasn't never. There were never really players in the league game with the first team. There were players in the preseason friendlies. Uh, I would train with them for months, and then I don't know. The manager just really didn't seem to like click with us. Didn't really seem to like English people. I don't think. And then, uh, <laughs> yeah. I so. Didn't really enjoy it because I, I was just in and out of the team, always in the stand up when I was traveling with the first team or on the bench. Never really got a chance. Plus, I was started not to enjoy it. Like, I wasn't really enjoying football. Started think I was always thinking like, oh, if this doesn't work out, I'm gonna. I had plans already to do other stuff. Yeah. I just didn't never felt like I was meant to play football. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
do you think because of obviously because you had of talking about injuries and stuff like that you had a few injuries and stuff when you were younger do you think that was kind of always at the back of your mind when you started getting the, these injuries thinking like right, maybe this isn't the right thing for me because was it your main injury that you had was the tendonitis or did you have a few other things no when I was like uh, I started like banging the gym I started doing MMA gym and I played county cr- cricket as well like um, and football so from when I was like well I started training gym when I was probably 12 or something and I would make these absolute crazy programs where I would train seven days a week. I'd do football five days a week. I'd do MMA three days a week and I'd do cricket in the summer. And then I, my first year at Newcastle, I was, what, just turned, I was 15 on that first week. I remember being there, just turned 16. And I, I was running down, like I remember I had a meeting with uh, when Adam Pardew was manager, they put all the new players, had like, a meeting and I was running back down and my knee started like, just didn't feel normal. And I, I went in to see one of the physios and he sent us back out. And I still remember, I come straight back in, I was like, nah, it's it's, it's not normal. And then I, I could literally feel, if I put my like, finger there, I could feel like a, a tear in my tendon and there was a yeah. cyst. Well, I didn't know at the time, but there was a cyst. So I had that full tendon repaired, had like a brace on for like three weeks. We couldn't bend my leg because we, we were scared in case that uh, would kind of rupture and then my quad would roll up. Mm-hmm. Anyway, got on the way back from that, started getting like really bad shin splints. Well, this was all because of that that crazy few years before where yeah. I just I would I would never rest, make myself do like all this crazy stuff. And um, then when I got back from I was getting back from that, I had like really bad shin splints, and then I got back fit again, and then I got a double hernia like three months later. And then I was getting back from that hernia, and then I got. And I was, I was kind of obsessed with just training, so I'd go and do all this stuff in the gym, and I got banned, the banders from the gym. I asked yeah. for to go to the gym, no weights. Then I got banned from all bodyweight exercises as well, and then I was just like, right. So, yeah. You can obviously see that you had that back. Mate, I remember when you were you were young. I think, actually, I remember a bit. You came into a change room. I think it was one of the first games that I was playing for, like, I was on the bench for, like, because you're, what, two or, two or three years older than me. So I was, like, on the bench for whatever it was, under-16s at yeah. the time, whatever. You were there, under-18s. I remember you came in, and then uh, Kev Richardson always used to say something like, oh, look, he's just came from the gym or something. I think he must have just literally came and was like, oh, I've just been for a shit. But he was always just like, oh, yeah, there's kids just came from the gym and that, getting your pump on. But, mate, you're always, like, in decent shape and stuff when you were younger. Like, I remember you were a big lad. But so do you think that passion for the gym's literally just like naturally always been been there I'm probably because I think it's just like a way out in it like uh, obviously like, when I was playing football it's like um, I'm not even going to lie I don't think I ever used to really enjoy it like I used to dr- dread it like more than anything maybe mm-hmm. when I was younger I'd enjoy it but then I would enjoy the gym more so I'd always so maybe so I yeah, I don't enjoy doing the the gym and the fitness tests, like because I'd I'd win most of that stuff, like uh, compared to the technical stuff on the field, which is obviously the wrong signs. So, yeah, I mean, like, do you think you just kind of enjoyed the aspect of being an athlete more than the I actual did. game? That's what I always always thought. Like said to myself, I, I enjoyed football. There was times I loved it, but it was like that athlete kind of lifestyle that I loved. Yeah, I think like I was better at other sports to be honest, but. When you're younger, it's just like, um, obviously, everyone wants to, I don't know why, but you kind of think, you go with the crowd and you think, oh yeah, football, but you don't, because it's the most popular and everyone does it, but you don't really think about, like, when you're young, what do you actually enjoy doing, which, if you could go back, or if there was a younger version of me, or someone in that position, you'd probably just say, like, if they were equally as good, or had more of an interest in a different sport, like, you should go for that, not just because everyone's... Yeah, Everyone wants to be a footballer. There's only 11 spots on that team. Do you know what I mean? There's probably a million people want them. Mm-hmm. Like, um, very overpopulated. It's like, all yeah. It's all you've ever known. Though. Like everyone's brought up in it, like you said. And if you've you've been playing football since you were like, well, you were in Newcastle since you were nine. You're probably playing football before that. Like it's all you've ever known. And I think I spoke to one of my mates yesterday. That they find it hard just accepting the fact that maybe that isn't the right thing. I'm going to try something new because it's like something that they've never actually known before. Like it's going into the unknown. They have to kind of drop that ego a little bit, which I think is a big thing that 
people struggle yeah. with going out of football is the ego of it. Like you were a professional footballer or played football for how many years? Yeah, uh, it's, yeah. it's kind of hard to take, isn't it? Because you kind of you had this big like vision or dream that you wanted to become this, and then it's taken away, and then you need something to like to fill that. Yeah. Like, so yeah, you need you want something big, and you're putting all these like kind of um, demands on yourself to then do something because that didn't kind of work out. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's hard if you're coming out of it for a lot of people, I think. Yeah, it is definitely tough. But then moving on to you left Newcastle, obviously went to Scotland. Uh, did you? So the end of your second year at St Johnston, it was. Did you yeah. kind of? think right this is kind of going to be the end of my career like I don't really I've lost in like I've lost the passion for it or whatever I'm not I know this isn't the right thing am I going to pursue it or what was kind of going through your head towards the end as soon as I come out of the meeting where I wasn't going to get offered another contract I remember around the ground I was like because oh, previously I'd already been like I'd already been thinking about it and I already knew the kind of vibes I was getting off the the manager I didn't really like it so Kind of, if I wanted to be a footballer, it was the wrong way to go about it because I should have been like thinking of ways to make it work, but I wasn't. And I, I remember ringing him and saying, um, like, I think I'm just going to make, give this a go and told him my plans. He was just like, yeah, go for it. Like, if that's what you want to do. So kind of come back that summer and just started working on it. Um, yeah, so I'd already kind of made the decision. I already had a backup plan. Um and that that's the that's like a sign that it's not the I shouldn't have been doing that type of thing. Yeah. So if you've had it in your head for a while, like it was the same. Like with me with football, I was kind of like on the fence because there was times where I did absolutely love football. It was amazing, but I think just because of all the injuries and stuff, my passion for fitness started kind of like outgrowing what I had for football, sort of thing. Like I've always got that little thing for football, but the fitness thing kind of just came. From the way. So, did you when you finished your career? Did you go straight into kind of PT and stuff, or did you did you try and like trial places or anything went, like that? I went down. I didn't really want to do any of this, but I remember I went down to where did I go? I went down to some League One team. I can't even remember where it was for a week, and I played a game for them. And I already knew I I played like horrendous. I don't know why. I just felt like so much pressure. And like it's horrible going on trial, isn't it? Like yeah, it's the um, we talked about. Me and Smithy talked about it yesterday. Like it's the worst. Like yeah. the, for you to get picked up on trial is like one in a million. Like you've got to have a worldie. Yeah. Anyway, I went. Um, I think it was Morgan or something like that. It didn't get. Didn't really work. Didn't work out there. Um, I went to. After that, I went to Dalton. Like for me and Lewis Gibbs, uh, Gibbons, he was at Sunderland. We went there and did like a couple of weeks. And then the manager, I forgot his name, but I'm pretty sure he's still there. We did, he, he said that we'll look like, go, and do, go on trial of that league one side. If it doesn't work out, come back. You've got, we'll offer you something here. And then two days before the season started, still thinking like, trying to find out what the crap was. Rang him, he was in Spain. He was like, oh, look, um, we're not getting the... We're not going to be getting the financial support or whatever that we thought. We can't offer you anything. So I was like, got no club. And I was just like, right, head absolutely gone. Ended up ringing uh, one of my mates up and went and played at like, a Northern League side. I actually enjoyed it a little bit. Like I was playing there and then I had a club come in a little bit higher, offer us something, offer us... Um, yeah, it was just a little bit more money and I was just I wasn't even bothered. I was just like because our team kind of wanted us to play there, like it felt good rather than yeah. like getting dotted about and I was just like, I'm just gonna enjoy it. And then after that season, I I broke my leg within that season and then um I had like what like six months off and then I kind of and my head was just kind of battered because I it felt like it felt like I've just totally ruined every single chance but at the same time I didn't want to play so I was just saying I'm just going to I was um, I went to a concert after Newton Aircliffe and then I just rang the manager I was like look I'm done uh, and I went to Australia I was just yeah. like, went away just to clear my head because it's literally like one of the hardest things ever to go through it's so weird yeah it's such a weird process because you kind of even though I felt like I shouldn't, I didn't want to play, I felt like I let so many people down, including yeah. myself. And I just put all this wasted 
energy and so much time and effort into the wrong thing. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No, I know what you mean. At the same time, you kind of learn a lot from it and it teaches you a lot of good things, like uh, just like discipline and working hard and just all those things. So and yeah. how to train properly. Obviously, you're with all some good strength coaches throughout that time who you can learn off, who I was constantly asking questions from. So it, it is it does have benefits, but yeah. Nah, it's funny. It's funny. It's a similar story to me because I don't know if you listen to my podcast, but what I did when I got injured in Scotland. So, like, quick story. It was the first week of preseason. I went over my ankle, and then I done all my lateral ligaments, and I, I needed a full reconstruction on it. And then literally, I found out the crack. A week later, the club literally said that we don't want you anymore, so I left. And then I went. I literally went to IB for first five days, just put the flight and just went. Yeah, yeah. A lot. Absolutely. It was honestly the worst five. Like it was like four days. Worst four days ever. I was just like, I was in a right state. Like, uh, I really bad. And then it, but it kind of like flipped the switch. So there was one, it was one night. It was just me and my missus we went. And it was like, I was on the beach at like four in the morning or something like that. Just like, feeling my eyes out like a proper wet wipe. Like just saying like, I'm contemplating everything. Like, and everything. And then the next morning I woke up and like, it flips like the switch or something like that. And I'm like, I'm better than this. I'm not like... I don't. I don't want to spend the rest of my life just like getting pissed and being sad about what's just happened to us, kind of thing. And then it kind of, I just from there, had my surgery, whatever, moved back home, and then kind of started up stuff. So it's weird, like, similar sort of story. Were you PTing and stuff out in Australia? Or were you just there, kind of traveling? And um, well, when I went out, I'd already done like what eighteen months of trip. Sorry, so I should have mentioned before, like. Obviously, when I went part-time football, I started training people at the same time. Um, anyway, when I went to Australia, I'd already been doing it for like 18 months at least. And um, I, st- I got in a gym called, I heard of F45. And I it's, like, have, it, it's, you know. it's not really in England, it's in Australia and uh, America. Yeah. But anyway, I had all kinds of jobs. I just, I, I, I wanted to get that job, personal training. And then I thought, I'm just going to like, literally give me mind a break for a year. A few of my mates were going tra- uh, traveling, doing all the farm work. So I thought, kind of, fuck it, I'm just going to go and do that. Yeah, I remember you telling me a story when I was still at Newcastle. I think you were, you were going to watch your brother. And then it was with like me, Kyle, I can't remember, oh, yeah. about the story about you rugby tackling sheep and stuff like that. Oh, mate, I, was, <laughs> I was literally a sheep farmer, an avocado packager, a strawberry picker, a bin man for a week. Um, all these absolute mad jobs, like labourer, yeah. garden, what's it called, landscaper. Just like, and I, it was the best thing I could have done just to clear your head because like, you just get away from here. Like you're doing all this unskilled, stupid work where you just, your mind just, I was like a tree planter or as well as walking like, 20k a day and your yeah. mind just starts figuring all this stuff out like what you want to do so when I'd done all that um, I came back with, with a clear like clear yeah. head what I wanted to do yeah so no that's good man yeah I think are. I think people need that they do need that time to themselves to just like actually get the clear pitch in it's good when they like, because you're in a different country and stuff it actually gives you time to build up a bit of a fire so when you come back you can literally just come back 100% and Smash whatever you've done. So. Yeah, because I was, I because like, you're not really working towards anything. So some days I would get all like worked up, like I'm not doing anything with my life. But then I was just like, just chill, like just use this time to figure out what you yeah. want to do. Uh-huh. So I think that's the best thing for people to do because obviously I think I've seen a stat as like ten thousand players get released every single year in England or something like that. So that's probably like a lot of them are probably going to be. A lot of them probably won't even play in like a year's time and they're going to be going through a similar thing. So like people like that should probably just go away, travel, do something, get yeah. away from for a while. Yeah, that's what it is. They call, they call it like go and find yourself, all that cringy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it is, it's, to be fair, it's good because I debated doing something like that, but I kind of had the time just to myself. Like when I finished my, I had done my own and stuff, I wasn't working or anything. So I had a lot of time myself to think. So yeah. you, you definitely need that. So moving on, you came back from Australia. Did you go back to working in the, in the same gym straight away, or was it? What was I went. So the gym I was at was called uh, it was Body Blitz, and uh, one one of my mates, um, well, he actually, yeah, he's had the gym up there for about I don't know ten years something now, 
anyway, I went, I was there previously. I went back there because I got back, I think it was Christmas time in 2017. And he said to us, look, do you want to come back for a little bit? And I'd had a holiday plan to go to America in three months time. So I, I literally come back. I had no money whatsoever, nothing. And there I started training people from there for the following three months. And I just thought like, I'm not coming back. I do the same thing. And, uh, kind of start, went over to gym elite on Scotswood road. Yeah. And, um, kind of rebuilt the business there because previously I was doing like the, the one-to-ones and I was doing some like mainly women's classes and like the gym classes, just doing as much, as many things as possible to try and like build a good reputation, get some clients. And obviously I had built that client base in concert and Burnerfield. When I come back, I start from scratch pretty much from over in Newcastle and I started doing the groups and then like kind of rebuilt the business, like the business and like, or whatever you call it in the past two, three years. Yeah. So how did you pick up most of your clients? Was it from kind of doing group stuff or was it just from kind of finally getting a client and they would tell a friend sort of thing or Instagram yeah, or yeah, what? Like, like word of mouth. Like I think when I, when I come back, um, when I restarted to try and get all the clients, like to get people in the gym again, I just, I literally wrote 50 people's name down who I knew. And I thought, right, I'm, I'm going to go and message every single one of these. I do 50 a day for the next three days. And then that kind of led us to start me first in the intake of like all groups. Yeah. Um, and I think I had like, what, like 25 people on my first one, 20 people kind of built it up now to around 50 on the, in the, in the groups. So, so yeah. Yeah. That's good. I mean, I mean, word of mouth, uh, social media all helps, doesn't it? But I think just doing a good job, like in the gym and helping people, um, really help. Like that's the best way to build it up. I think. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. I think that's always interesting to hear how people kind of pick up clients. Cause you're obviously mainly like you're pretty much all group training, aren't you? Majority. Yeah. You do a few one-on-one stuff. I do the groups mainly. Um, I enjoy it much more than the one-to-ones. Like, there's usually I've got eight people in a group. Um, but I got eight people in a group. I rarely do one-to-ones um, unless there's like something a bit like in the summer. Sometimes get some of the football lads come in. Yeah. And even then, it's like a small group. But yeah. I, I, I rarely, rarely do one-to-ones. I just don't enjoy it as, as much. Yeah. So going up to the point now, what you're doing with yourself now in terms of PT? Because you're obviously at Sculpt. How long yeah, have you been there? You, that was I've recently, been, wasn't it? Yeah, I went there in like uh, last November. Yeah. To be fair, the gym's the gym's a uh, nice facility. Got everything you need. It's just better because it's got a lot more like the conditioning kit. But just doing the group training there and um, working on some stuff for online going forward as well, though. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's going to be an app or. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure what it is yet. I'm, I'm working with someone at the moment who's kind of giving us their ideas. So I want to just keep the groups running because one, I just enjoy it. And then um, get this online thing, kind of an app going. All right, decent. That'll, that'll be good. Yeah. So, so in terms of obviously, because we're in lockdown and stuff like that, what, how have you kind of changed your training? Obviously no gyms or anything like that. What have you been doing with all your clients? Um, I've been, oh, I started doing like a live workout group. So kind of got all my clients into a group and I just literally put the phone on. I plan a workout for me, um, show them regressions, talk them through it, they follow along type thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, well I've I've got a barbell and I've got two kettlebells, um, got some battle ropes, some skipping ropes. Pretty much been trying to like I've been trying to do a lot of single leg exercises just because obviously we've got less weight. So it would make sense just to, to train one leg at a time so we can get a bit more strength work in there rather than doing all this like cardio shit, high intensity stuff all the time. So try and do like a quad dominant one, posterior chain. Um, for upper body, we're doing pretty much obviously different type of push-up variations. For people who haven't got any weights, for rows, we're getting the backpack, um, filling that up with some whatever they can, doing the rows with that. Um, pretty much doing full body all the time though. Obviously, I'm I'm training probably two tight three times a week with no equipment, and three times a week with equipment. 
yeah obviously it's not ideal but just trying to get a bit creative and like make they make them kind of fun but i would say the more towards like crossfit style workouts at the moment a lot of single leg stuff a lot of core stuff a lot of pushing and pulling doing a lot of body weight upper back work and lately been doing um a lot of isometric stuff yeah literally just getting like in a in a push-up position or a split squat or a squat and just holding yeah um, just to try and maintain some strength yeah that's what you i think that's what a lot of people i've seen doing isometric stuff even just like towel pulls you've seen like people wrapping towels wrap like between the feet and like almost pulling like you're doing a deadlift like an isometric deadlift just to kind of add some like strength yeah. work in obviously just pulling it for as hard as you can for 10 seconds and then supersetting it with something else just for an extra bit of volume as well I've i would say that. the main things i've been doing is bulgarian split squats yeah um pistol squats single leg hip thrusts handstand push-ups push-ups um all different types of push-ups bent over row with a backpack for, um or me barbell i've got um i've been doing what else have i been doing just obviously all the plank variations a lot of mobility stuff and then upper back uh the ywts the reverse angels yeah. and that's pretty much it try and add like pause reps and like um isometrics like i said before mm-hmm. yeah and then I think- I've, I've been running like probably twice a week doing like between five and ten k mm-hmm. uh, that's the thing that i hate i've been trying to do two runs a week and i just can't stand it but i've been following them you heard of nick bear he's a he does he's quite good he so he used to be a bodybuilder now he started doing like marathon runs so he like films all these like he's a youtuber and he's got you heard of i think it's bsn he's he's supplement company quite a big company in america but yeah so he's the owner of that so i've been watching some of his stuff it's quite good just learning like how he's kind of transitioned from bodybuilding over to like marathon running and like the long distance running pretty much how has your training kind of changed over the years because obviously nowadays it's a lot more training has kind of went from the old school like bodybuilding training to more like functional stuff i feel like it's a lot more popular now than it used to be what was your training like say go back when you were playing football and stuff and how has it kind of changed over the years yeah when i first started i would just literally write the six with a like, sounds a bit stupid but the six exercises like oh, i just hated the most yeah just because I like, it would be a sign that I was wasn't good at them. But I'd try and pick one in each movement pattern. So like for example, a vertical pull, a horizontal pull. So basically a pull up, a row, a bench press, an overhead press, a squat, a deadlift, and a single leg exercise. I'd try and like pick six of them, uh, get the even balance, and I would just do them six compound lifts. Maybe it's like a good three or four times a week alongside obviously the football and that. And other little bits I do. Um, I would say when I first started, sorry, even before that, I was more like when you first start going to the gym, you just you just bang like chest weight to look good, like chest yeah. by. Then I started learning about it, started understanding. Like I remember seeing all the men's health magazines, men's fitness, training the muscles you don't see in the mirror and all that shit. So I'd like look into that more. Um, but that was like kind of when I was like 13, 14, 15. When I started going like full time and realizing like I've got to be able to perform well, I do like a lot of box jumps, plyometric work, sprint work, and I would do yeah, just like a lot of bodyweight pull up dips, all the all the basic movements, bench press, squat, deadlift, lunges, always like the single leg stuff. As I was playing football, going full time, realize you can't do that much legs, can you? When you're playing. So I think that's kind of the reason why I was getting injured and breaking down because you were doing all of my body, weren't giving your legs any of the strength work they needed. But so yeah, I was kind of training for performance. Obviously, when I was playing football, then now I would say I just like do whatever I enjoy now. Like yeah. I don't really care about. It's not really about looking good. It's just I I just want to do something like as a challenge and go and do it. Like and feel good after it. But I would say. It's a mixture of like CrossFit style stuff, tiny bit of bodybuilding. Um, I don't really know what I call it. A lot of single leg exercises, a lot of high intensity weight training. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I would say it went from like a bodybuilding at the start to like trying to move it more towards performance, to now just 
for health, performance, to look good, to feel good, bit of fitness, but everything really. Yeah. I think that's what like modern day exercise, like you see on social media and stuff, it's kind of going towards the same for me. Kind of when I was younger, like talking about football wise anyway, I was very much didn't really train legs when I played football. I'm guilty of it. I just smashed up my body, which again, I think kind of led to a number of my, or made my injuries a little bit worse. Like obviously we both had yeah. the teletendonitis anyway. So I think the training bodybuilding, just going up a body and not training legs did affect that. And then now it's kind of, do whatever the hell I want. Like if I want to go for a run one day because I, I want to go for a run or I know it's going to be tough, I'll go and do it. And then yeah. like you said, not looking to just be like, just to look good. Like you want to be functional and just feel good, which I think a lot of people are getting better at now rather than just going, right, I want to do chest on a Monday, back on a Tuesday and just want to be like a bodybuilder because nobody wants to be this stiff, big no. bodybuilder now. Everyone wants that athletic sort of look. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, talking definitely. about... Going back to what we talked about in terms of obviously not training legs and stuff for footballers, what sort of things do you think, if you're, say, like a young athlete at the minute, a few things that you think they should really focus on in terms of training? Say, like, you're somebody like yourself or like me who loved training in the gym and always wanting to do something like upper body wise, is there anything you say to them to work on or maybe that you shouldn't be working on as much and focusing on other things? Yeah, well, I think the problem is that when you go into a full-time club, say when you whatever age and you start doing your strength work, I think a lot of emphasis is put on like Olympic lifts and teaching the correct technique, like snatch, clean, um, deadlifts and all this sort of stuff. And they're doing it with a broomstick, like literally for six months and you're getting absolutely nothing from it. Yeah. And they think they think that the, the, the technique's getting drilled into you, but it's it's... It's really, you're not get, you need something like right now from whatever you're doing. You don't want to wait six months before you start getting the, any type of benefit. So what I would say is just stop trying to be so sport, like do everything for sports performance. Like you get stronger, you get a muscle stronger and there's some relevant movement patterns, but there's no special exercise, all this bullshit you see people doing, trying to, they get doing these specific movements, thinking it's going to have a much more of a carryover. So what I would say is just do the basic stuff, like squat, lunges, build some general strength, like push-ups, pull-ups, inverted rows, all that sort of stuff. Build the, the, the general strength, get the muscle a little bit stronger, maybe get a little bit bigger. And like that benefit right there is going to kind of protect you because I had a lack of like strength work for legs. So I think that's why I was breaking down all the time. and Obviously, I'm not getting any. I'm not getting any strength from doing all that technique work with the with a broomstick or anything. So yeah, I pretty much say keep it really basic. Just do the the fundamental movements of all the 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 movement the relevant movement patterns. So you create like a balanced physique and you're strong. But yeah, like don't get carried away with all this crazy sports performance thing. Like you get stronger, your muscle stronger, and that has a carryover. Like it, it's not there's nothing fancy about it really. Yeah. There's, um, once you build up that general strength, um, and then you can maybe move on to their more complicated movements because they require strength and stability and for more advanced people. And if you do have the time to le- they do have the time to learn them movements, then you probably want to maintain your strength by doing the basic stuff alongside them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I think exactly what you said there. Just do the basics kind of thing. And I think a lot of times in football, especially, like just as, as for, like for me as well as a goalkeeper, you do your strength stuff outside of it and you're going to get your plyometric stuff in training anyway because you're going to be jumping around and like doing them explosive yeah. movements as a footballer anyway. So building that like basic strength, I don't think there isn't a lot done. Like you said, with the broomstick thing, I remember we did about two years worth of that broomstick Olympic lift and stuff, but especially when you're a young lad, like it was just a mess around. Like it wasn't really yeah. very serious as well. And we never, I can't actually remember lifting a barbell, like Olympic lifted wise in training, like in, in the, in the gym, sorry. It was all just kind of like learning the technique and then not really doing Yeah, but even like, even like basic stuff, like go and do some push-ups, some pull-ups, some bent over row, or even if you can't do that, a chest support row, uh, Inverted row, all your own body weight. Do step ups, single leg deadlifts, walking lunges, single leg hip thrusts, glute bridges, isometric split squats, 
squat jumps, box jumps, like all them stuff require no equipment and well, very little equipment and you're going to get a lot back from them. Yeah. And do that for like even 12 to 18 months. Then if they're developing in the, like the right way, then you might start bringing some or alongside that you might incorporate some, some of the power movements there. But then again, like you can, you can get from all these complicated things like snatches and uh, well, snatch and all the Olympic lifts that take time and a lot of effort to learn and they've got to want to learn it where a lot of people don't even enjoy it. You can get the same reward, like get stronger, more powerful, explosive power from more simple movements like med ball throws, just sprinting, um, jumps, plyometric stuff, all this more simple, easier to learn, um, less advanced. You can get all that from them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and it's safer as well. Yeah, it's a lot you're safer. Gonna, you're gonna you don't need to spend six months trying to develop your snatch technique or whatever. Where you, when you're only seeing them what once or twice a week, and you're probably in a big group and they're gonna get their attention anyway. Yeah, probably best to do to do stuff that can pick up easier. Um, it's less complicated. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, I just think all that weightlifting is like it's a sport in itself. And it takes even them years to perfect the the form. So I just think it's crazy how. Well, I think a lot of like people are, un, are starting to understand that you don't need to do all that, all that stuff to get yeah. strong and powerful, which is good. Yeah, there's a lot. Yeah. Well, I think focusing on body weight stuff, like just mastering your own body weight, especially as an athlete yeah. in sports like rugby, football, all that it's probably gonna like benefit you more than learning how to snatch 100 kilograms or something like that. Yeah. So, I mean, it is fun as well when you when you can't do it, but yeah, it is. Oh, yeah. I'll probably snap. I'll probably snap my shoulder, up, mate. I've seen you doing what you were doing when I seen you. Was it cleans you were doing? Oh, yeah. cleans! I can't remember. Cleans, yeah. Snap my shoulder off or something. Then but I want to get into it. To be fair, something now that I'm out of football, I want to try and actually like go into it. Like you've probably seen videos of me doing them in my garage, but like I think the heaviest I've done is like seventy five kilograms. Yeah, but just learning it. Cleans on that hard to. Cleans are like pretty pretty easy to lay yeah. out. It's just the, the shoulder and wrist mobility. That's what I struggle with because my hands, instead, obviously from being goalkeeper feared, my thing, honestly, I've got the least unflexible fingers ever. So maybe it's just your lats are really yeah. tight. You're pulling down. Uh, but yeah, it is kind of uncomfortable to get in that position there when you're not used to it. But yeah, kind of you get used to it eventually. Yeah, it took us, a, took us like two weeks and I've kind of got used to it. I've been in front squat and stuff a bit more. Anyway, moving on to kind of when you were at football back in the day, do you think that there's enough done to kind of manage, manage player loads who are kind of a little bit more injury prone? Like for myself, I remember when my goalkeeper coach would get us up out of training after breakfast at like half nine, do half an hour's worth of goalkeeping and then would go into training with a team at like half ten and then would be out in the afternoon kind of thing. Do you think they managed the load quite well when you were younger? Like, I know there's a few lads that were for your ages who had a few injuries as well. What do you... Like, do I think they did too much or too little type thing? Yeah, or did they manage people who were obviously a little bit more injury-prone? Like, there's obviously lads who just never get injured and then there's lads who are slightly more injury-prone for whatever reason. Do you think they managed them enough during the age groups? I just think that, like, obviously... The physios are like uh, the physios I was with. Like I would say, they're pretty good, but they've got a big squad to kind of manage. So like they're trying to treat him, they like get him back, and like they they might not have the time to think like, like he keeps breaking down. Maybe we should just keep him out, like or make him train. Um, no double sessions for the first eight weeks or whatever. Yeah. But I didn't really get any of that. I I seen a lot of people, including me, get get put back in, break down, injured again. And there's got to be a reason why. It's not just like, it's not. I don't think it's like that I'm different. It's just probably because, like, this is, sounds ridiculous, but just because I think my knees would take it, but a kind of, when I was running, the load would go into, like, me, me tendon, for example, rather than, like, having the, the strength to try and slow me down from sprint, sprinting in my legs. Do you know what I mean? I know what you mean, yeah. Um, so I, I think people should recognise little things like that especially at a club with a lot of money. They should recognise in players, like, what, why is this happening? I just don't think they have got enough staff 
or whatever to try and recognise, to try and to try and see that and manage it. So I think yeah. they could they could manage the load uh, better. Even like I remember doing three sessions a day and like a game a week, and having one rest day a week. Mm-hmm. Like that's a lot of training, and I don't think any professional like first team does that. So I don't understand why when you're coming through like the younger stages, you 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 you, you get made to train three times a day and then all these players get injured at a young age it's just absolutely mad yeah like, looking back it's crazy like why would you do that like why would you train four hours a day when everyone's like walking around like you start to lose concentration and because you can't possibly be training four hours a day five hours a day like fully engaged you know what i mean man i know exactly what you mean because i remember going out like even the afternoon sessions like after even two sessions like either a gym session then training or like a goalkeeper session then training like the afternoon sessions your mind you, you were just shattered and then also you were so stiff that it took you ages you wouldn't even really get warm by the end of the session like uh, and that's injuries and stuff and especially most afternoon sessions are on um on the 4g yeah that's no good is it nah did you think the 4g was kind of a big thing that impacted your injuries um i think the one at newcastle was um i think i was shit that one like because I was getting really bad, like shin spins, to the point where I couldn't even break into a jog. Obviously, me, uh, I'm not going to blame me knee injury on that, but like shin splints, like running on that every day. Mm-hmm. Um, done me ankle on it a few times. I, I don't think it was the best thing, but if you're on it now and then, it's okay. But when you're running on hard ground, often it's a, it becomes a problem. Like yeah. your knees hurt, my shins would hurt. Uh, but when I went up to Scotland, I had this, like a softer probably more advanced one um, and I had no problem on that whatsoever so I think it just depends on how like all them little black things underneath I think they get worn out eventually when it becomes yeah. old starts to become like more run on concrete yeah rather than like that, having that cushion yeah I think they changed the well after you left I think it was the season I left or maybe when I was there they changed the Astro they, they updated it I think oh, re- re- it and stuff but yeah I think I also feel as well like kind of switching between like training on Astro all week and then going to play on grass at the weekends kind of I feel like that might have a little bit of effect as well because I remember when I was in Scotland again the pitch that we we always used to train on Astro as well and then go and play on grass but the Astro was quite it was it was decent it was a bit softer but I kind of got used to it the more that I was on it I felt like the yeah. more weeks that I was gone it like the first week I was like my knees were in bits like my body was in bits styling around but you do get used to it eventually but um uh, anyway, so we'll move on to like one or two questions that were kind of got answered because I think we've been going for like 40 minutes now anyway. So finish off with a few little Q&As and then we'll wrap it up. So first one that was from your page was best way to kind of eat a plant-based diet in the transition because I know you, you eat, well, to be fair, you eat a mixture of, well, to be fair, it's not really a plant-based diet because you eat mixture, but how do you kind of benefit? I feel like people should transition over. Um, What's well, your opinion on it in general? I just think, first of all, I think, like, why are you eating plant-based? Like, and I think a lot of times it's because people are... They've read an article or they've seen somebody on Instagram or they've, like, heard someone on Joe Rogan podcast or whatever and they've given their opinion that they feel better, but so now they think they should go and cut out meat or they've seen this, the documentaries on Netflix, whatever. I just think there's worse ways of eating meat and there's better like you can pick like i think them little chickens that are locked in cages and fed until they're old enough to be killed and they're living in, in a really bad quality of life like you should avoid all that stuff but you can get the like, you can't get the organic free range ones apparently free roaming i don't know how free roaming they are but if you look at the difference it's a massive difference and mm-hmm. you can do things like the wild fish and the farm fish look the difference it's ridiculous the grass-fed free-range uh, uh, cows compared to the the ones pumped with hormones. So what I'm trying to say is like, you can make better choices eating meat. But if you still don't want to eat meat for whatever reason, then I think if you are eating plant-based, you're gonna have to have like, um, try and get a mixture. Well, a lot of fruit, a lot of vegetables, nuts and seeds, avocados for your fats. Uh, like I said, getting the carbohydrates from fruit, vegetables, and your nutrients. 
um, getting protein from legumes and things like that. Just got to be a bit careful because like things like chickpeas are really highly sprayed to make sure you get the organic version. Um, and then the things I would eat for protein, black beans, legume, uh, chickpeas, lentils, um, it gets pretty hard. I'm not too sure on all them meat substitutes. I think they could probably do more harm yeah. than actual meat. So yeah, I would I would like it's I'm feeling like I'm going more towards plant based just because it's hard to get the meat I want to eat and the fish I want to eat. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of like I'm trying I'm kind of making that transition to eating less meat, but it's kind of hard because you lack the ideas about you've got to learn how to cook again. Do you know what I mean? Like Yeah, that's the thing with going plant-based. It's a lot of meal prep and a lot of like cooking. Like it's it's simple when you've got meat, you could just stick some chicken breast in the oven and have some rice or something or whatever. Like in terms of going plant-based, there's a lot more cooking, I feel, involved. You have to put a lot more effort into it. And it's I don't know if it's probably slightly more expensive. I don't know. No, it's definitely cheaper. It's cheaper. You reckon? Yeah, 100% cheaper. So like our plant-based meals, I make like, I get like a wok, I put like all the vegetables, I might put like for some protein, I might put the black beans or the chickpeas in and then I might put like, a, I don't know, some type of sauce with chopped tomatoes and you've made a massive big pan of food for like a couple of quid, literally. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like if you were going to move across, like all the, the really thing that stopped me is like the lack of ideas. So you've just got to try and maybe write a list of the foods down that you're going to be eating now and like try and get as creative as possible but like I said like I personally I eat a lot of fruit a lot of vegetables um that's where I get my carbohydrates from I don't eat I eat bread very rarely eat rice very rarely rarely eat pasta so I don't have any refined carbohydrates very often get protein from grass-fed beef wild fish prawns all the legumes I just mentioned, like the black beans, the chickpeas, um, get fat from nuts, seeds, avocado. So all them things are fine if you're going plant-based. The only thing you've got to really stop eating is the meat and replace it with another something else high in protein. So like I just said, all the, all the beans are pretty good. Um, I don't really mess about with like, like them meat substitutes. I think it's like, do you even know what it is? Oh, man, no, I don't know if it's like... Um, I'm I'm pretty sure it's like some form of soya. Yeah, it's a lot of the stuff soya, isn't it? It's all soya stuff. Yeah, I don't I'm not too sure if that's brilliant for you, to be honest. I've seen a lot of people mention that is it the est- estrogen levels or yeah, something? Yeah, estrogen for it's not good yeah, for estrogen levels and having too much soy. But Reduces I've also it. yeah, I think like the best person to who I get all this information from, I like the Listen, it was uh, that Dr. Rhonda Patrick on, on the Joe Rogan podcast. Like, she's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. She, she gives like a lot of information on this sort of thing. Yeah. But it's kind of a weird question because all you're really doing is cutting out meat. It's not, and you just got to replace that with something else. And a lot of the times you find yourself replacing that with probably more vegetables, uh, more, more healthier options, really. So I think a lot of people will feel better having taking the meat out but long term it's it's not very sustainable like when you're going out for food and things like that um mm. you know what i mean i think I, I, I think like a lot of people want to make that change but they don't even know why yeah i know what you mean you can you can eat a healthy good diet making better choices um and you can still eat meat and it can still be healthy it's just like the wild animals are better because we're kind of messing up all of the we're over breeding all these animals and like feeding them bad food and giving them poor quality of life. And then we're eating that. Like, do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, I think it's like different. Like if I get wild venison and that, like, I just think it feels, it tastes totally different to like that formed yeah. unhealthy stuff. So like uh-huh. think about it. If you're like eating something that's like really active and like lean and, um, it's healthy like you're going to feel the ben- you're going to benefit from that because you're eating you kind of become what you eat so if you're eating diseased animals and fish farm fish that are overstocked in a pond and like one of them gets a disease now fucking all of them have a disease and like we're eating that because it's cheaper like I'd rather pay more money 
and like two pound extra to get the wild version because I just think surely that's got to be healthier if it's free if it's like free roaming and yeah eating its natural diet and like so I don't I don't think there's any problem with with that like to be honest and I think when people look at all the meat uh when people compare the diets of the meat like meat eaters who've got cardiovascular disease and cancer, I think. You're talking about McDonald's and processed uh, meats and stuff, aren't you? Yeah. Looking at like obese people who are having like all this refined, like what they're actually eating with the meat. Like if you're having like a good source of meat or fish with vegetables um, and you're, you're not having the refined carbohydrates and stuff like that often, then I think that's that's fine. I yeah. think it's just like a trend, isn't it? Like if, uh, 10 years ago, you've seen all these chocolate bars with protein written on and like everyone's now eating chocolate bars with milk in and they think it's great. Yeah. It's high protein. Bullshit. Now it's all plant-based. Everyone's selling all this ridiculous little snacks and because it's plant-based, people think it's healthy. Like mm-hmm. if it grows here and like on this earth, then it's probably good for you. Like, I just think people have got it kind of messed up, to be honest. Yeah, I think the thing, like a lot of the studies and whatever come out, I think it is comparing meat eaters, like processed meat eaters, or obviously cholesterol levels or whatever are so high. And then they're comparing it to people who are vegan. And I think people who do make the transition to fully vegan or veggie, whatever, they're very health conscious anyway, so they take care of themselves. I think a lot of the studies that do come out are like that. So like you said, I think if you eat yeah. meat, just trying your best to, get the best quality meat organic, get it from your local butchers or whatever, like yeah, get it from definitely. local farms or whatever, go through that route. And then like, you, you don't have to like be called a vegan just because you eat plant-based all the time. You can have meat the odd time. Like you might uh, it's have a like, steak it's, once a week or something like that. Like you can like cut down. Like I probably have, like I used to have three chicken breasts a day, 10 eggs in the morning, hundred grams of oats, 400 grams of fish a day. Old school bodybuilding. Like all that stuff. <laughs> now I probably have no more than three chicken breasts a month, literally. I don't even hardly buy it anymore. Mm-hmm. But like, then I, I've just, I have plant-based options. I have meat sometimes, but you haven't got to be one of the other, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, it's people just like branding themselves stuff because it's popular. Like I love like people preach vegans and stuff like that. Just eat a decent diet, like get your fruit and veg in, get good quality food in, and then that's pretty much all you need to worry about. Yeah, definitely. Also, being a vegan who eats like, who doesn't eat meat but eats packets of crisps and boxes of cereal and all this yeah. stuff, like that, that's probably even worse than if you were to have get having some meat. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Now, I think it's a good way to do the plant based diet, like, and there's a bad way to do it. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people do the bad way and think they're healthier, but yeah, not. people just end up going plant based and having like. The corn stuff. I don't know what's your opinion on the corn stuff. All that. I look into it, and I'm pretty sure it's like fermented. Uh, it's like fungus, isn't it? Ah, it's like yeah. it's like rotten. I, I just got the impression it was like rotten, off, mouldy mushrooms. Yeah, but no, I don't know. I, there's not much like. Um, I, I'm pretty sure it's man-made. Like it's just it's made in a factory. And, yeah, man-made protein. Like, it's not for me, I'm not having that. Yeah, I know. Don't think. I think, like, like you said, people who go down that route and they're having, like, just because something says vegan on it, oh, that means I'm a vegan, I'm being healthy. Like, it's not. Yeah. You've got to actually just eat whole foods. So it's pretty much simple. Yeah. Anyway, I think we've... What we're on there? I'll, I'll finish off with my three questions. So I'm asking these three questions there, all my guests. All right. yeah. I think I sent you them, so you might have had a bit of time to prep, so... Three people that you would like to invite round for either dinner or go out for a coffee with. Just three people, anybody in the, in the world. world. Past or present as well. You can choose someone past if you want. Any three people in the world? Yeah. Um, probably Tupac. Uh, dead, obviously. Is it? I was going to say dead or alive. He's dead. <laughs> and then I would go David Goggins, absolute legend. Yeah. Do you know who he is? Yeah, no. my, I've read his book. Oh, have you? Yeah, yeah, and, very good. Probably Eric Thomas. I don't know if you heard him. He's like, no, no. He's like a motivational speaker. Uh-huh. This is the type of crazy stuff I listen to when I'm when I can't be bothered with three in, in your spare time. <laughs> <laughs> just, nah, shout, just listen to people shouting at you. Like, get up, come on. <laughs> nah, that he's good. Him, you should check him out. His class. 
Yeah, yeah, I'll have a look after. Right, so there's your three. It's a pretty solid three. And then three people you'd want to train with. David Goggins. I need to see him twice. He's crazy, him. Yeah, he does like, some mentals. He just does it because like he just wants to push himself. He knows it's going to be painful. It's mental. Um, who? To train with, you said, yeah? Yeah, train. Probably... Joe Rogan, Mike Tyson. Yeah. Ever made a bit of boxing. See, I've, I've had, everyone's been saying uh, Matt Fraser just because he's the fittest oh, man yeah, alive. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that would be good, to be fair. He seems pretty sound as well, like proper sound bloke. Yeah, I watch a few of his documentaries. He's got a few documentaries on uh, on YouTube. Uh, yeah. Had, uh, what's he called? Care Richie, Team Richie. On yeah, YouTube. yeah. He's like, trains with Malta. He's trained with um, Rich Froder and stuff, loads as well. He goes out where he's born, doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, he's good, him. He's put some good stuff on YouTube. Yeah, when I was speaking to um, Rich in the podcast a few like last week, he was saying like how like, watching his videos probably brings you up because he's just such a bubbly, like proper, like happy guy, isn't he? He's always happy. Ah, uh, he's good. Proper sound. Uh, well, and last question: one thing that you would say to yourself five years ago? Um, probably don't try to be like anybody else if you know what I mean mm-hmm. try and be just like it's your your way of doing things is fine like it's unique to you and like you should just kind of never compare yourself to anybody or anyone else because it's like your kind of story and you should do it how you want to do it mm-hmm. like don't think oh, I have to do it this way because that person did it or I should be doing this like kind of fuck all that and just do what feels right to you um that's pretty much it just yeah i haven't really got any regrets to be honest but if i was speaking to somebody else that's what i would say yeah i mean i was gonna say all the stuff that you go through in life like even if you make the biggest mistake in the world you just learn from everything and like in terms of both of us we pursued football for like how many years like net more than like two thirds of our life or something like that has been t- towards football just because we're not pursuing it now doesn't mean that we haven't took anything from it and that we can take yeah. it to what we're doing and now I- uh, it's not like uh, if I was somebody else who played football and like was like really had a lot of talent at it and like maybe I started drinking and doing all this stupid shit and then now I'll be looking back and telling myself oh you should like if dug it you should stick in that I haven't got any of that just which is good I just took what I did from it and mo- kind of move on yeah um, but yeah that's all. That's quite a hard question, to be honest. Nah, it is a tough one. Like the point you made about as well, not comparing yourself to other people's journeys and stuff is perfect because everyone's started at a different point, and somebody might be five years ahead of you. And you kind of compare yourself to that person who's yeah. five years ahead. Like I can't compare myself to you in terms of personal training because you've been doing like three or three years or something more, maybe two or three years. So five at least now. Yeah, so you've been doing it a long time. So just. Don't do everyone's, that. everyone's at different stages, so it doesn't make sense to like compare yourself. Mm-hmm. Whether it's just your journey, you just do your own thing, and like as long as you're progressing and kind of making sure you're happy, then that's the main thing. Um, everyone wants different things, so it doesn't really make sense for you to like. Someone might seem like they've got it, got it all, but they put like a lot of hard work and effort into that to get there. Like some people just want what they've got without all the hard work and that effort. Yeah. So not everyone wants that. Like you just gotta find out what you want. One thing I would say, like I start about two years ago, like just little things like visualizing what I want and like really trying to think about it and writing down like I wish I would do that. I wish I started doing that longer ago. Uh-huh. Longer. Like, right, yeah. <laughs> five years ago because when I start doing that it just gives you like a lot of clarity and like direction where, you, where you're going and what, what you want to do rather than just like kind of survive and like I don't understand these people who just go through life like just living with no with no reason or no direction they don't yeah. know what to do um, so yeah that's pretty much it no solid advice that's decent but anyway we'll wrap it up here do you want to Shout out your social medias and stuff where people can find you. Oh, yeah. Um, on Instagram, it's just at AJK. Is it? Underscore. Underscore. underscore UK. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
that's where I'm most active. That's all I'm going to say on that one. So right. you can find me on that. I'm on Insta- I'm on Facebook as well, but it's pretty much the same stuff as I put on Instagram. Copy and paste, yeah. It's the same yeah. as me. Exact same thing. Now spot on, mate. All right, spot on. Thank that you. has been good. Cheers, yeah. mate. See you later. So thank you very much. If you listened to this full episode, it was a great one. So thank you, Alex, for coming on, talking a little bit about his professional football career and his transition into PT. It's great to hear his kind of story and then also some of his knowledge about training and nutrition as well. It was great to have him on. So if you did enjoy this episode, do not forget to get subscribed for more episodes. We'll be trying to do them at least weekly for the next upcoming weeks at least. So please get subscribed. If you haven't already, give us a five-star review. That's only if you really enjoyed it. If you didn't, just don't leave a review. Five stars would be great though. But thank you very much for listening and I will see you in the next episode.